Welcome back to the Cody Foger Podcast. On with me again, Derek Larger, as usual. And On Wednesday, the Colts reported to training camp and start practice officially on Thursday um, for their first practice of the year. And a lot of amazing things are coming now. You know, the offseason's officially now looking over, and, and now the Colts are back to work. And uh, I thought, Derek, today that we could look at a couple positions that we think are going to be storylines heading into this uh, this training camp, this season for the Colts. And I thought that we could start first on looking at the offensive side of the ball, one position group that I think is going to be really, really hard to trim down. There's a lot of guys fighting for a few positions, and that's the wide receiver position. And Derek, there's a lot of players, like I mentioned, um, who are players that you know made significant plays for the Colts last year. Um, but some were injured. Um, others, you know, are coming back for year two or year three. And, and so there's a lot, a lot of players that, are, that could potentially and will be, unfortunately, on the outside looking in. And so, Derek, I thought that we could start by t- talking about the guys. I think the three guys that we can probably call for sure, for sure locks for this Colts 2019 season, um, barring any, any injury, knock on wood with that. Uh, so the first guy, obviously, is T.Y. Hilton, you know, the guy that's been the Colts' number one receiver ever since he was drafted uh, in the third round of the 2012 draft, the same draft as Andrew Luck. And T.Y. Hilton has just been a rock, Derek. And I guess we can talk about Hilton and just um, what he can bring, I guess, to these to these guys that have, you know, these new additions to the Colts um, and all these young guys for the Colts uh, heading into training camp and, and into 2019 mm-hmm. and beyond. Yeah, you're definitely right to talk about T.Y. Hilton first. Uh, I, I've read several quotes from him to the media recently about how this is the most humble and the most special team that he has ever been a part of because the, just the young guys wanting to learn so much and the connection that they all have already. He already talked about Paris Campbell talking with T.Y. Hilton constantly. He's always wanting to learn. He's always wanting to ask questions to T.Y. Hilton, which Hilton absolutely loves. He loves to teach these young guys. And he just keeps talking about Paris Campbell's speed, just the the speed that you can't teach. And in regards to what T.Y. will bring this next year, we certainly hope he can stay healthy because when he stays healthy, that dude is just an absolute rock and he's the easy number one guy. Uh, And definitely he'll have more time to possibly rest this year if the Colts get a few packages where they can get T.Y. off the field for a few plays. Definitely will help him further down the season. But yeah, T.Y. especially, you know, he is going into uh, many years now. He is 30 years old. Uh, Health has been an issue for him. I really hope that he continues to play well. Uh, I don't know what his stats entail this year because, like you said, we're going to be talking about what receivers will make the roster and how many precisely we actually think will make it. Uh, But ultimately, it is great to hear T.Y. Hilton talking about you know, all these new receivers coming into the Colts, being humble, being wise, asking questions, wanting to learn more. It's definitely a great sign for the Colts for the preseason. Yeah, and man, it's crazy because I just looked at, man, this is going to be T.Y. Hilton's eighth season. My goodness, it seems like the time has flown by for T.Y. Hilton, but um, I wanted to read a few quotes from Hilton now on some of these guys and just the leadership that he brings to this Colts wide receiver group. Um, You know, like you mentioned, he's talking about Paris Campbell, and this is a quote he had to say about Campbell. He said, speed, and he's always willing to learn, always asking me questions, and I like that because I was doing the same to Reggie when I got here. Um, that being Reggie Wayne, of course, the Colts, uh, you know, Pro Bowl wide receiver for so many years. 
Uh, and so it's cool now to see, you know, Marvin taught Reggie. Now Reggie's, te- you know, Reggie taught Ty, and now Ty is teaching Paris Campbell. It's kind of cool how um, the Colts have had this basically since Marvin Harrison was with the Colts so many years ago. Um, the Colts have had this wide receiver number one who is teaching other other receivers how to do um, how to be pros, and it's a really cool thing. And another quote that I wanted. Um, to quote Mr. Hilton on really fast was you know, just talking about this Colts 2019 team. He says, this team is special. This team has enough to do what we want to do. And I even saw like another quote from Hilton basically saying like, this is the most talented team um, he's ever been around. And so it's cool to see T.Y. Hilton taking that leadership role on seriously and wanting to train up these guys um, for the future. Because like you mentioned, T.Y. Hilton battled some injuries last year, you know, on that same ankle, I think an upper and lower ankle injury. Um, and you know he just turned 30 so he's kind of getting up there in age he's not old by I wouldn't say he's old but he's you know getting up there in age and and, and I, you know I think that's something that the Colts should you know have in the back of their mind like you know T.Y. Hilton's getting a little bit older so you know it's good that they drafted a guy like Paris Campbell and it's a good sign that T.Y. Hilton is wanting to train guys like Campbell up um, to be the kind of wide receiver that he has been for the Colts and that Reggie was for the Colts and that Marvin was for the Colts. It's cool to see that tradition being passed on and seeing those old veteran guys like T.Y. Hilton um, willing to just share with these rookies and share all their knowledge. And it's just a very cool thing. Um, okay, the next guy on our list is another is a guy that's new to the Colts. He is not a rookie, but he was brought over in free agency. Um, he's a big guy, 6'4", um, about 220 pounds, brought over from the Carolina Panthers in free agency, and that's Devin Funchess. And Funchess has had a history. He's had a very interesting career, I think, Derek, overall. Um, you know, I think a couple years ago, the Panthers thought that he was going to be their number one wide receiver, um, and it looked like he was trending up towards that. And then he started getting some issues with, you know, whether injuries or with inconsistencies. I know he started dropping a lot of passes last year, and that was a big deal. Um, and so, you know, Devin Funches now enters, he, you know, he has a new team around him, uh, new coaches, new everything. And so it'll be interesting, Derek, to see what Devin Funches brings to the Colts because the Colts have really, throughout the Andrew Luck era, have really, besides a few players, I would say Donnie Avery and Dontrell Inman really have been the only solid, not even really that great, number two wide receivers for the Colts. And so a thing that they've lacked, I think, is a compliment to T.Y. Hilton, Basically, throughout T.Y. Hilton's career, throughout Andrew Luck's career, and throughout this entire era um, of Colts football, and so it'll—I guess—it'll be remain to remains to be seen whether or not Devin Funchess will be that guy. But certainly, Derek, he's probably the, the most physical, uh, physically gifted. That is number two wide receiver that the Colts have had in the Andrew Luck era. Yeah, I agree with you, and and Funchess has got to feel really good about being with the Indianapolis Colts. I view it kind of as what happened with Ebron. Ebron was in a situation where he wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt. Sure, he had his problems that he definitely could have worked on more, but ultimately he was in a system that didn't really help him succeed and therefore didn't make the Lions succeed. But then he comes to the Indianapolis Colts where he has a better quarterback, a better offensive system, and a better opportunity to put himself in a position where he can succeed. And sure enough, he, we obviously saw the season that he had. Funches is kind of in that same ordeal. The Panthers organization has never really been about throwing the football that much. It's always been a ground and pound offense, specifically with Cam Newton and whatever running back they had back there. And obviously now with their offense that they had, 
throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey just as many times as anybody else. Ultimately, Funchess just wasn't getting put in a position to where his best attributes could come out and be able to help his team, which I definitely think is what the Colts are going to definitely do better, and especially with Andrew Luck as the quarterback, who is a much better thrower, a more consistent thrower, a more accurate thrower, so which ultimately will put Funchess in a better position if Funchess does his work. And you're right, we have no idea what he's going to work we're actually going to see from him. Uh, Funches could be that red zone guy. He could have a more expanded role. We don't know. But w I'll say it as again, like I said in probably a couple weeks ago, if Funches has anything of the impact that Eric Ebron had, then certainly Funches is going to fit right in with this Indianapolis Colts offense. Yeah, and I kind of think that there's going to be three things that happen to Funches, three situations that Funches could find himself in. Either he has an Eric Ebron type year where the Colts put him in position, it's a change of system, and he really just ascends to a new heights um, with the Colts. Or he could go, I always think, you know, a guy that's similar, um, similar with the whole drops early in the Andrew Luck era is a guy like Darius Hayward Bay. I think he could either go, you know, Eric Ebron type stats or he could go Darius, Darius Hayward Bay where he can't catch the football. Or I think he could go a little bit in between where, you know, he's not, doesn't necessarily have, you know, a terrible season. He doesn't necessarily have an Eric Ebron type season, but he's just kind of a solid guy. He's kind of like the Dontrell Inman, but a little bit bigger. Just another red zone threat for the Colts, but he doesn't explode like Ebron did last year. And so I think those are the three situations that he's going to find himself in. And I think ultimately it's up to a few factors. I think the first one is, well, is can Funchess get out of his own head with the drops? You know, obviously yeah. drops are a huge thing for receivers and that can get into their heads and then they can only think, oh, I'm, I'm just going to drop this pass. Um, and I guess another thing is, how much will the Colts use him? You know, what did they bring Devin Funchess in for? Are they going to bring him in? Is he going to be a, you know, guy that's on the field 80%, 90% of the snaps? Or is he going to be a guy that's kind of used sparingly? Kind of like an Ebron. You know, even with, I think we, with Jack Doyle last year getting injured, um, Eric Ebron really had to get a lot more snaps in because of the loss of Doyle. It was such a significant loss. And um, I think it could potentially be like that, you know, with the with the guy we'll talk about next in Paris Campbell. Um, and I guess it's, it's really in, it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts use him, number one, and then, you know, if he can kind of bounce back from kind of a rough season last year in Carolina. And so uh, the next guy I wanted to look at, as Guy just mentioned, uh, the Colts drafted him this year out of Ohio State. And that's Paris Campbell. And Paris Campbell was the fastest wide receiver drafted this year. He ran a 4.31 40-yard dash, which is very fast, obviously, for a receiver. Um, and the Colts really like him. And he's, it's interesting to me. You know, Paris Campbell is really interesting to me because I think when you typically think of guys that run really, really fast, you think of a body type like a T.Y. Hilton, you know, a 5'9 five, right. guy, kind of smaller guy. But Paris Campbell is not that at all. In fact, I think he's like six foot or six one, and he's about 200 pounds. So he's a pretty solid sized wide receiver. And so um, Paris Campbell, I think the Colts really like him a lot. Um, I think he might have... You know, while he might be used a little bit like Naheem Hines and maybe take a few of those snaps away from Naheem Hines, that is, um, and maybe play in the slot a little bit, I think he also has the potential, Derek, to eventually, and maybe even this season, uh, be a number two wide receiver because he has the height for it. It's not like he's a small guy at all. Um, and so Paris Campbell is going to be really interesting to watch for the Colts. And I think those are the three guys for me 
who I think are kind of locks for this Colts roster. I mean, I don't think the Colts would bring in a guy like Devin Funches, pay him $13 million a year just to cut the guy at training camp. And I don't think they would cut a second-round pick with the talent of Devin Funches or uh, Paris Campbell, I should say. Um, and so those are the three guys I think we can talk about. I don't know if you want to talk about Paris Campbell really fast and kind of what you think he can bring to this Colts offense before we look at the other guys that are potentially fighting it out for that number four and potentially number five spot. Yeah, I'll talk real quick about it. I know that, uh, yeah, Paris Campbell definitely has a good body type. You know, that six foot one, 215 pound guy that, you know, is a little bit different than what you said, the normal prototypical speed guy. Uh, and that's the thing. His top speed isn't very great, but his just his acceleration just out the jump is just insane compared to other guys. And it's crazy to think that, you know, He's not really a finished product, to be completely honest. He's just he's more of a guy that has raw potential that we haven't seen tapped into yet. Uh, he's never really been the guy to, you know, get covered one-on-one, you know, because the Ohio State did a really good job of putting him in motion a lot of times and making sure he was in different sets. And obviously we saw the routes that he ran where being able to get him out in the open field and let him use his feet is what they is what the Buckeyes wanted him to do. And I'm sure that's what the Colts will do. I'm very interested to see if he actually starts doing a lot more of the uh, the cutback routes and other things like that. I'm interested to see what he they're able to do. But yeah, you're right. These, t- these three guys right here are definitely the locks uh, for this Colts roster coming into training camp. And, you know, I think there's one other guy that I would definitely uh, lock up, which we'll talk about here in a second. But apparently there's a lot of other people still have uh, doubts about a bunch of the other receivers we still have on the roster. And sure enough, that's what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, one more thing on Paris Campbell that I wanted to talk about a little bit. I'm kind of listening to different podcasts, kind of listening to the Colts. Um, when they drafted Paris Campbell, they're really kind of like, well, you know, no disrespect to Ohio State, but like, how do they not use this guy, you know, deep? How do they not use this guy more? And I think that's one thing that, you know, you talked about how he hasn't really tapped into his potential. I think that one thing that he is working on and, and maybe he'll have to work on in his rookie year is, is route running. Um, because, like you mentioned, Ohio State put him in motion a lot. Um, they didn't really ask him to go be that burner, even though he had that speed. And so I think the Colts are kind of shocked that Ohio State didn't use him more. And I think they really want to tap into that more with Paris Campbell. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how his game expands and how his route running expands. And so, yeah, so uh, the the next guy we wanted to talk about, I didn't put him on the lock list because I know there are some people who may not consider him a, him a lock because he was injured last year. There's a lot of competition at that for that number four wide receiver spot. Um, but he was a guy last year that really impressed in training camp. The Colts drafted him last year in the sixth round. Um, we're really, I think, shocked that he fell all the way to the sixth round um, and he was Clemson's one, number one wide receiver for a couple years when they went to the national championship and actually won. Um, and he's he's a big body guy, uh, and that's Deion Kane. And Deion Kane is a guy who you know the Colts are really really high on. Uh, Chris Ballard just talked about today when 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 he was interviewed just about how he's super super happy for for uh, for Deion Kane. He's super super excited for him. Um, he's, he said he's just worked his butt off trying to get back, and he thinks that he's going to have a very successful career in the NFL and with the Colts. And so, um, so Deion Kane is a guy who some people may think that, 
I don't know if he's going to make the roster. You know, he's injured, and we know, you know, with Malik Hooker last year, coming back from an ACL injury, it takes a while for the players to fully get back to where they were before the injury, and you know, fully trusting their body that it won't happen again. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how Deion Kane progresses because he was a guy that was really, Derek, turning heads in training camp, but the Colts were really high on this guy last year. And unfortunately, and I think in the first preseason game against the Seahawks, uh, he tore his ACL, was out for the entire year. Um, but I think the Colts saw him last year. You know, if we were at this time last year, the Colts saw him as potentially the number two wide receiver uh, beside, beside T.Y. Hilton. Um, and so it's going to be interesting now to see how Deion Kane comes back and how productive he is. And, and that's something that we also wanted to talk about. And maybe you can talk about this a little bit, Derek, but about how the Colts don't want to rush guys back and they want to take it easy on guys because they, they talked about how basically you know, the first couple of weeks of camp, especially the first week of camp, players really, you know, get injured. And that's kind of the prime time when players get serious injuries and stuff. And so the Colts are, you know, using that, using those statistics and everything that they, you know, have looked up with their with their about their players and about just players in general in the NFL. Um, the word is escaping me right now, but uh, yeah, I, I just thought it would be good to talk about that and kind of how that relates to Dion Kane and and yeah, I'll just I guess I'll just shut up now and, and let you talk about Dion Kane. Yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth there, Cody. Uh, you're right. He um, obviously had that gruesome injury. Uh, everybody saw how how many heads he was turning in training camp last year before he went down. And you're right, we were talking about uh, players getting injured early in training camp or at uh, the end of minicamp. You know, I think a lot of players uh, try to go much harder uh, when training camp starts, you know, because the eyes are starting to open a lot more because it's closer to the season. You know, you're getting uh, more and more vigorous exercise and all that stuff. And so you're you start to see these injuries these freak accidents that happen out of nowhere and the smart thing that Ballard and Reich are doing is keeping the guys who the main key players who for one have had off-season surgeries and the guys who have had some kind of injuries like you know Luck, Ebron, Doyle and a couple of others uh, they're going to limit them early you know and that's not a big deal uh they're they're going to participate obviously but they won't uh be doing the full exercises for roughly about the first couple days, and then after that, they'll start to see a lot more uh, time on the field, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, and, and and one thing I just find very odd about our fan base is so many people trying to say that Kane shouldn't be a lock or Kane shouldn't really be on the roster to begin with. I'm very interested to find out why. I don't really quite understand it because anytime I try to find out, nobody really gives me an explanation why other than, oh, you know, he was injured. Well, I mean, yeah, but Adrian Peterson got injured, had one of the worst ACL injuries we've ever seen, came back nine months later and had the, one of the greatest seasons that a running back has ever had. So I'm not comparing Deion Kane to an Adrian Peterson, but that's just a, an example. And then, you know, everyone says, well, what about all the other receivers on the roster? Well, I mean, I see everybody else say, what, what about the other receivers on the roster? None of them are locks. Okay, then why can't we put Kane in that conversation? I mean, honestly, he deserved the second chance. We saw the miniseries. Anyone that's watched the uh, Colts Twitter and has seen some of the episodes they've done on Deion Kane and his rehabilitation process, how he's been coping with the injury. 
and everything else. You honestly feel for the guy. You really want to see him come back and do what he did. But why can't Colts fans just hang on to that little glimmer of hope we saw last season? Why can't we give the kid the benefit of the doubt and say, why not go see what this kid can do? I mean, what's the worst? You, everyone says Chester Rogers doesn't really deserve the lock-on spot, but you know, I think Rogers is probably our fourth best receiver at the moment until we see what Kane does. And then you got Pascal and Fountain as well, which who we'll talk about here soon, I'm sure. But I just ultimately don't see the reason why people are so hesitant to give Kane the benefit of the doubt on this one. I know he hasn't played yet, but then again, we've been giving Campbell so much credit, and yet even the uh, even the coaches for the Colts have even said, don't expect Campbell's role to be over the top. So why is it we give, we're giving Campbell all this big credit, but we're not going to give Kane the benefit of the doubt in this? Kane's a big body. He's strong. He's athletic. He's certainly not speedy athletic, but he can go up and get the ball. He's basically another Devin Funchess, basically, but he's a little bit smaller. But we, but Kane has, seems to have the better hands from what I've seen from video and everything else. So for me personally, I know a lot of people don't believe it, but me personally, I think Kane is a lock because not only do I think his physical attributes are there, even if he's like 80% of what he was at the beginning, obviously he's not going to be as good right now. Uh, because he needs to get back up to speed, back up to confidence with that leg, like you said, Cody. I think that Frank and Chris Ballard have just an emotional uh, side set out for this kid to make sure he gets that second chance because they saw a glimmer of real good in him last season, and they think I think that they think they can tap into that still. So that's ultimately why I think He's a lock. I don't know what you think. I'm interested to hear your opinion about that. Yeah, I think that you know Deion Kane certainly has a shot at this roster. I think he has a leg up on pretty much everybody else right now for the number four spot, simply because I think he's a guy that is young. You know, yes, he got injured last year, and that's unfortunate. But uh, I think he's a young guy, and I think that the Colts see a ton of potential in him. Uh, I think he was really turning heads in camp, and I think it would be kind of foolish to say either or right now. Um, just because simply we don't know. We've never seen really Deion Kane. You know, we heard about him, how good he was last year in training camp, and that's all well and good. But honestly, we have no clue how he is when the lights turn on and when, you know, when they're playing out there on Sundays. We just don't know. Um, so I think it would be foolish to say either way, Deion Kane is a lock to make this roster, or Deion Kane will not make this roster. I think it's just simply too early, and I think it'll be interesting to see. Deion Kane should be ready, I think, for, for training camp, if, if I'm right. And it'll be interesting to see. Yes, he'll be eased in a little bit, the Colts have said. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Deion Kane really comes back from that injury. And that, the Colts, I know, don't want to rush him back. Um, but I think simply, I'm not going to say one way, one way or the other that I think Deion Kane will make this roster. I definitely think he should make this roster. Um, and I think that all signs point to him making this roster, especially since, um, you know, even though he was drafted in the sixth round, I think a lot of people were shocked that he fell to the sixth round. I think, you know, even like the year before, if he would have gone out to the draft, um, I think he might have been a first to second round pick if I, if I remember right. So he has the talent, I think, to be a high value, play like a high value pick could, 
Um, but ultimately, it's, it's all up to the injury. It's all up to how he feels, and it's all up to how he produces. And, and so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I think that's just kind of my opinion. It's kind of my opinion that I don't have an opinion here because I just don't know. And I'm not, well, I'm not educated right. enough to know that. Um, I'm not in there every day with Deion Kane, seeing how he's progressing. Uh, I'm, I wasn't at training camp last year to see how much he was turning heads. Yes, we can hear about it. Yes, the Colts can rave about him. But we just don't know. And that's kind of where I stand right now with the whole Deion Kane situation. Okay, so there's a lot of other players here that are going to be vying for probably that number four, number five spot. Um, you got a guy last year who uh, I think he was second, second on interceptions last year with the Colts, and that's Chester Rogers. He's been around for a long time. He was undrafted a few years ago out of Grambling State. Uh, he's been around. He's shown flashes for sure. Um, but he's also shown a lot of inconsistencies. I think he was one of the leading droppers last year for the Colts. Um, I think he had like 10 drops or something like that for the Colts last year. And so uh, Chester Rogers, I think, you know, ultimately, Derek, I think what would what can potentially keep Chester Rogers on this roster is his punt and, re- punt and kick returnability. Uh, and he did that, I know, last year for the Colts, and he was very valuable to them because he was pretty good at it. And I think, you know, unless the Colts find somebody who is – as good or better than him at returning punts. Uh, I don't see him going off of this roster, um, but ultimately there could be somebody that emerges. Um, you never really know, I guess, but um, right now I think that kind of gives him a leg up on the other guys on this list, and we'll get to them in a minute. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Chester Rogers and his potential to make this roster for the Colts in 2019. Yeah, as many people say they, they don't like him being on the roster, I, I don't really see a lot of options that point to him not being on this roster. I, I totally think he's going to be that wide receiver four or five, doesn't get many snaps. But, I mean, you said it, his his drops are really bad. Obviously, we know that he had a lot of drops uh, over the span of his career. There's no denying it. But, I mean, people kind of forget just how many times that Andrew Luck did have to rely on him last year. Uh, He did make that great catch in the Miami game that helped put the Indianapolis Colts in position to get the game-winning field goal. And he had many spectacular catches against the, the Patriots when they played. I mean... This guy can play. I know that, you know, obviously the drops are a big issue, and that's what's going to put him at the bottom of the roster. I totally understand it. And as much as I wish he would just stop dropping the ball, I understand. But I do think that he has enough intangibles to be able to just say, I'm I'm good enough to be on this roster. And like you mentioned, he can return punts. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Paris Campbell possibly be in that role. Uh, at some point, uh, Paris Campbell could possibly return kick returns as well. Obviously, we know with that speed. But you're right. Chester Rogers' ability to play special teams does give him that edge uh, to put him there, even if he doesn't play that much. He still is that special teams guy and a guy they can throw out there at any given moment if they need the wide receiver depth. And, you know, as last I checked, You know, three receivers certainly isn't enough to compete in the NFL with. And, you know, many people are right about Deion Cain taking a while to get back. I'm certainly not taking my chances on a couple of these other uh, receivers on this roster. So I do ultimately think, you know, Chester Rogers in a limited role will be on this roster for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Pending something, something happens, we get somebody or 
you know, he happens to get injured. I don't know, but I do expect him to be on this roster come week one. Yeah, I have a few more thoughts on Rodgers. I think first off, um, you talked about uh, just the the rapport he has with Luck, and I think that's pretty valuable. I think that's a factor that a lot of people haven't considered is he's worked with Andrew Luck now for, I guess, two years because Andrew Luck didn't play in 2017. But So he's had two years with Andrew Luck, more than most receivers outside of T.Y. Hilton, You know, the most out of any receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton, actually. Um, and so I think that's a very a big thing. And he had his best year, even though he did have those drops and those were an issue. Um, and I think another thing, Derek, you know, with the, you know, with the wide receiver, you know, that number four, number five wide receiver position, it's like those guys aren't going to be seen snaps like Chester Rogers, whether or not he makes this roster in 2019, he won't be seen nearly as many snaps as he did last year because the Colts have a lot more talent. And I think they have a lot more potentially established talent, uh, than, than they did in 2018, which kind of forced Rodgers to be more um, on the field. And so, and another thing, you know, it's kind of like we'll look at, we're going to talk about another position, the cornerbacks in a little bit. But, you know, with those guys, like you got to do something to make this roster in the NFL. You can't just be, you know, a pretty good receiver, but have, you have to play special teams in order to make this roster is what I'm trying to say. And Chester Rodgers has shown that he can do that. And he has, he has versatility in that. Um, and, I think that that ultimately will keep him on this roster because, you know, as good, as awesome it was, as it would be to have a guy like Paris Campbell re- returning kicks, we saw it last year with Naheem Hines where you don't want to put too much on the plate of a rookie coming in because Naheem Hines, we saw in the preseason, he really struggled last year when he had to be a running back, yes, a receiving threat, yes, which he was. He ultimately showed in 2018. Um, but when it came to throwing another thing on his plate of returning kicks, he simply, simply was just too much for him as a rookie. Um, and Naheem Hines is a very smart guy. It's not like he was, he couldn't do it. It's just it was a lot to throw in a rookie. And so that's why I think Chester Rogers, for me, is probably has a little bit of a leg up on these other guys we'll talk about in a second, simply because he can do multiple things for you. And it, again, it remains to be seen whether there's other guys who can do that, uh, you know, whether it's whoever it is, I guess. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Chester Rogers. And I think that that's why, for me, he makes this roster for the Colts in 2019. Um, okay, so a couple more guys that could potentially make this roster that we saw was a guy last year who the Colts actually traded for um, near the end of the preseason, I believe. They traded uh, one of their tight ends, Daryl Daniels, uh, for him to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they got him last year. And he actually played pretty well um, when given snaps. I think he got injured in that New York Jets game, um, but that was kind of the game he broke out, and then he got injured in the Colts. And, you know, he, he has good size and stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see you know what he can potentially bring to the Colts and maybe he can sneak on this roster who knows but this guy is Marcus Johnson who um is a guy I think who could be a sneaky good player for the Colts um, if he does indeed make this roster because he showed flashes he's still very a young player um and it'll be interesting to see whether or not he makes this roster in 2019 yeah I mean the sample size for Marcus Johnson is just a little bit too small to really kind of tell and there's a couple of other guys that you can think of that could be in that spot, you know, for that position. Um, But yeah, you're right. Marcus Johnson had a couple of catches that just kind of uh, shock you when you see it. Uh, He had a couple of plays in the red zone uh, towards the end of the year when, uh, when the Colts absolutely needed the wide receiver depth, they had to scrape all the way down to the bottom of the barrel for him. And I mean, he did deliver when he was in, Uh, he didn't really get a whole lot of, opportunities to catch but at the times that he did 
Uh, he certainly wasn't the least efficient wide receiver for the Colts. So that will be an interesting pick uh, for Frank Reich because uh, there's a couple of other guys that I would rank ahead of Marcus Johnson. But uh, sure enough, you're right. If he decides to uh, get an expanded role, then it'll be interesting to see how he uh, fares at the bottom of this uh, rotation for the wide receiver group. And you also throw in he was with Frank Reich uh, when he was with the Eagles, and so Frank Reich has that connection with him as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, if he does anything for the Colts, and how it the position plays out in training camp. Okay, another guy who was an undrafted free agent that the Colts signed last year, um, it was Zach Paschal, and he was a guy who I think – he showed flashes for the Colts. I always remember that game against Houston where he had that fade route and just completely obliterated the Texans defensive back and kind of showed that he has flashes. He's a he's kind of a bigger body as well. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if Zach Pascal can take the leap in year two, Derek. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is, is as much as I don't like to listen to PFF that much because PFF has their own analytics way of doing things, uh, one thing they usually don't get wrong is percentages – because percentages of how many things you catch, certainly it, it, you can't mess that up unless you've got the numbers completely wrong. He, uh, he was actually the least efficient wide receiver for the Colts last year, which definitely doesn't help his case for this upcoming year. But uh, you're right. He definitely has flashes just like the rest of these guys. Uh, everyone remembers the play where he absolutely shredded the Texans uh, secondary and caught that pass by Andrew, uh, certainly was the highlight of the year. It was one of the best plays for the Colts that year. So that definitely does help him. Uh, Pascal is probably uh, right now is my number six or seven receiver at this point. Uh, but you're right. He definitely is one of the bigger names that a lot of people have been bringing up as to whether or not he will make the rotation. All right, another guy that the Colts drafted last year, um, he was actually put on the NFL list just recently by the Colts, is Darius Fountain, or Reese, as he likes to be called. Um, and Reese really didn't play a whole lot for the Colts in 2018. I think he was on the practice squad for most of the year, and then he was activated and didn't really do a whole lot. Um, but he's a guy that I know that has been putting in work, and so he could potentially you know, challenge for a roster spot, I guess. And, and so what, what did you see from Reese Fountain that could potentially – make him find a way on this roster with training camp. Yeah. When I see Reese Fountain, I kind of think of a lot of a less athletic Dion Kane. One of those guys that is big. He's strong. He's got good hands. I had a great, uh, he had a great catch rate in college. Uh, that's definitely something he's a possession guy. He loves to take the hits. He's not afraid of the contact, which I definitely think the Colts can find use for. Uh, he just ultimately doesn't have that uh, he doesn't have that speed that a lot of people need to get separation from their uh, from their corners. And so he'd be great against uh, zone coverages, no question. But if we're going man on man, unless you're in the red zone and allow him to go up and get it, then he's really not any use for you. But when in the right system, if you play him in the right coverages, specifically in zone, or if you're in the, in the red zone and you're trying to make a play over the head, uh, Reese Fountain is definitely your guy. Uh, we'll have to see if he gets a role uh, during training camp, what he does with it. Uh, but I definitely think he might be that last guy that I think can squeeze into the roster 
uh, for week one. Okay, and there's a couple more guys that I'm just going to kind of all clump into one uh, thing, and we'll, you know, we can do quick fire, talk about them for a few minutes. Um, so I'll start first with Steve Ishmael, a guy that was an undrafted free agent last year. Um, hasn't really done a whole lot, but I know there's some Steve Ishmael fans out there. Uh, and so I think he actually went to the same uh, college as Marvin Harrison, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly here. Um, so he's a guy that could potentially challenge for something. We'll see. Uh, Krishan Hogan is a guy that's been around for the Colts for a couple of years, and I know he's shown a little bit of flashes, but he's also been injured. Um, and then you got a guy like Ashton Doolin, who was a guy who came in this year, um, undrafted free agent, who could potentially show some stuff as well. And so um, I'm not sure if you kind of want to talk about these guys really fast. Uh, and also Penny Hart is another guy that I want to talk about as well. Um, another guy that was drafted, uh, undrafted free agent that was brought in by the Colts this year. So do you think any of these guys, Derek, could potentially challenge for that number four, number five wide receiver spot and why? I think if any of these guys are definitely going to, I think it is Penny Hart. Uh, just with his speed and just with the natural route running talent that this guy has, I definitely think he is one of the guys that could potentially reach him with that roster spot. Uh, obviously, these guys are at the bottom of the barrel for a reason. Uh, they they help our practice squad out. They will have their chance, I'm sure. But yeah, if I had to put my money on one of them, I'd definitely go with Penny Hart uh, to possibly make the roster. All right, and now we're going to move on to the linebacker group, one of my favorite spots for this year. Uh, and obviously, the first person we got to talk about is obvious Darius Leonard. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot to talk about with Darius Leonard. And one thing, Cody, that really stuck out with me is what he said, I think, a few days ago, where he said uh, he was asked about, you know, all the other guys and where he fits on the ro- and on the roster and everything else just kind of what he was expecting. And he says, I am actually just trying to make sure I make the roster. See, now that is a classic Darius Leonard answer right there because the guy is so humble. The guy knows that just because I had one of the best seasons for a linebacker all time does not give me the right to say that I am the guy now and I have to And I'm just giving it now. I have to earn my spot. I have to keep my spot. I have to be the guy in order to claim my status as the guy on defense. I just absolutely love what Darius Leonard has said. And I'm glad he's going to be the man of this defense for sure. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot to talk about with Darius Leonard. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit of what you're thinking with Darius Leonard's comments and what you expect for him come training camp. Yeah, definitely. Well, man, it's so good to have a guy like Darius Leonard leading the charge for the Colts linebackers. You know, a guy that we've talked about who had his historic 2018 season. I mean, made an all made all pro. Him and Quentin Nelson were the first pair to do it, I think, since ni- something like 1970. So over 30, 40 years. Uh, and so it's good that a guy like Darius Leonard, even though he had a year like he had, he's still not satisfied. Like he's like, well, I didn't make the pro bowl we didn't win the super bowl uh didn't be i'm not the i wasn't the mvp and to see a guy like that setting the example and saying you know making comments like that where it's just like well i have to make sure my spot's safe it's like it's a, you know ultimately you know that old, that saying that they say where it's like actions speak louder than words and darius leonard you know i think he he has said his he, he has said his words of like where he thinks he he should be and where he wants to be 
Um, but it's cool to see a guy that doesn't just talk the talk, but also is gonna is prepared to walk the walk. And uh, it's got to be good for the guys that the Colts have brought in, you know, this year, the young guys, to just see a young guy like Darius Leonard, who just had this historic season, who is consistently wanting to get better. And I think that that, if I was a player on the Colts defense, if I was a Colts linebacker, that would inspire me to want to be the best I can be. Because it's like, well, Darius Leonard did fantastic and that wasn't good enough. Right? It's never going to be good enough. We're always striving, like you know, Frank Reich and the Colts say, striving to get 1% better every day. And to, to have a guy who firmly believes in that, and even though he had a fantastic season, it wasn't good enough for him. And you know, he's always striving to be better. And, I, I, and that is the kind of leader that the Colts want on their defense, um, a guy that will lead by example. And so it's very, very amazing, I think, that the Colts found a guy like that, a Darius Leonard who is so humble, you know, he he obviously is a guy who wants he wants the awards and he wants to be recognized as the best linebacker in the league. But he's also a very humble guy. He'll give credit to his teammates like he always gives credit to Anthony Walker all the time, saying, like, if Anthony Walker wasn't here, like I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the success that I had. And that that is just a great thing to have from a guy like him where it's like he's motivated, yes, but he's also very humble. And so the Colts should feel, I think, very lucky to have a guy like Darius Leonard who is now entering his second NFL season. Um, and it can only go get better from here, honestly. Yep, you pretty much gave the reason why the Colts fell in love with this guy. Just to have a leader that's humble as as humble as he is, just to be able to say that and actually mean it. Obviously, we as Colts fans know he's going to go out there every day and work his butt off, and obviously he's going to be the number one guy. But to have him firmly say that and mean that he truly wants to earn his spot definitely makes us feel so much better knowing he's going to be leading our defense for the next 10 years or so. And we're going to talk about the next guy that you brought up, who Darius Leonard is very fond of, and that's Anthony Walker. Now, last season, many people may not know this, but Anthony Walker – silently had one of the best seasons of a linebacker last year. I think it was uh, over 100 tackles. He's the, one of only three guys that had uh, 100 tackles and five sacks, and it was some other stat. I can't remember exactly, but it was Darius Leonard, Luke Keekley, and then it was Anthony Walker, which is crazy to me because so many people keep talking down on this man, and I don't know why, because Anthony Walker – had a really, really good season last year. Uh, there were obviously times where he was out of place at uh, certain points. Obviously, he's not as good as reading the gaps as Darius Leonard. He's not as athletic as Darius Leonard is. But certainly, Anthony Walker has earned his spot on the uh, on this roster for sure. And I can't wait to see, personally, what Anthony Walker can do this next year because I would love to see him take an even bigger leap and if he actually can do that that's going to be absolutely crazy to see with him and Darius Leonard the dynamic duo that they already are yeah I just pulled up the stat here uh so three linebackers in the NFL last season tallied, tallied 105 tackles 10 tackles for loss one sack and one interception and those players were Darius Leonard Luke Keekley and Anthony Walker. And so I think it tells you right there that that tells the story of how good Walker was in 2019, 2018, that rather. Um, and I think he quietly was overshadowed by just the amazing year, obviously, that Darius Leonard had. 
Um, but yeah, you got a guy like Anthony Walker, who I think is the captain of this defense. I mean, he was a captain uh, in college, and now he's you know the captain of this Colts defense. And you know, you even saw it in that New York Giants game when Anthony Walker was out. Um, the Colts looked confused. Their defense really looked confused, and they allowed Eli Manning to shred them. Um, which you know, I believe I firmly believe that if Anthony Walker was in there, uh, making sure everybody's in position, that wouldn't have happened, and the Colts probably would have blown out the Giants, honestly. Um, and so Anthony Walker is very valuable to this Colts defense, as we've said. Um, and I think that the Colts really found a diamond in the rough when they drafted Walker in, tw- in the fifth round of 20, the 2017 draft. Um, and I think Walker just showed a lot of things to the Colts. So, you know, going in last year to this to training camp, I think there was a lot of questions in this Colts for these Colts linebackers. Like, who in the world is going to be? We knew that Darius Leonard was probably going to be a starter day one, but like, we didn't know he was obviously going to have the season he had. And two, we didn't know who was going to play that Mike position. And Anthony Walker came in and just had a really, really solid season for the Colts, and it's going to be good. I think to see now Anthony Walker, now that he has a lot of confidence, and uh, it'll just be good to see how he grows in this defense now in year two of Matt Eberflus's system um, to see how he grows and, and see how he can become the best player that he can become. And so I think absolutely I agree with you. He deserves a spot on this roster, and honestly, I think he deserves a starting spot on this Colts defense in 2019. Yeah, he's, he's a very smart guy, and obviously – He's that middle linebacker. He's going to see things that even Darius Leonard sometimes doesn't see. That's why he's so important, and that's why Darius Leonard continues to give him so much credit for allowing the Colts' uh, defense to be in the right position. Uh, You're right. There's so many questions about Anthony Walker as if he was actually going to be able to, you know, do anything for this Colts' uh, defense. Many didn't know if he'd actually get a lot of playing time when he first came here, and, you know, just to have – just to be able to do what he did, uh, he can have another season like he did last year. And and I think most Colts fans would take that. I firmly believe it. And now we're going to talk about a guy who a lot of people have been saying might end up taking some time away from Anthony Walker. And it's Bobby Okariki, obviously the linebacker from Stanford who was drafted in the third round of the 2018 draft this year for the Colts. Uh, Bobby Okariki is an interesting uh pick for me because uh, from what I've read about him, he's obviously very smart. He's a slightly undersized uh, linebacker, but that was kind of what the knock was on Darius Leonard. But there's a lot of physical attributes that are very similar to Darius Leonard with that undersized, but he's got very long arms. He can play outside and inside of the tackle box uh, as he played both in college. So I think that it would be very interesting to see him as the other outside linebacker. That's my ideal spot that I'd like to see him. I don't know where the Colts are thinking. I'm going to guess that they probably will put him on outside linebacker because I don't know if they want to take Anthony Walker away from that uh, because obviously Anthony Walker is pretty set where he is. But if Bobby Okariki can, you know, be what, you know, what the great Pat McAfee said about him on on draft day, you know, being the future Hall of Famer that he is, uh, it would definitely be awesome to see Okariki uh, alongside of Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker and see what he can do this season. Yeah, my only question is, what will that Colts-Sam linebacker position look like? We saw it last year with guys we'll talk about in a little bit with Matthew Adams, Zaire Franklin, uh, both kind of sharing time there. But really, uh, 
that last year, that Sam linebacker position really wasn't on the field a whole lot. Um, I don't even I don't know that I don't have the stat right in front of me, but I know it was a small percentage that that Sam linebacker actually saw the field. And so um, that would be my only question is how do the Colts plan to use that Sam linebacker? And also, you know, when they do use that Sam linebacker, if they do use it the same way they used it last year, like, does he even fit that mold to what they're looking for? Or do they con- continue to believe in guys like uh, like Matthew Adams or Zaire Franklin or even, you know, EJ Speed, a guy that we'll talk about in a second? Um and so those are my questions, um, but I think Bobby Okariki is definitely good. Um, I don't think – I think a lot of people maybe have thought, oh, will he take Anthony Walker's spot away, which I think it will be a competition, but ultimately I think the spot is Walker's to lose, um, and I think Walker will ultimately end up keeping it. And so it'll be – it's good. Bobby Okariki is a good player for the Colts. They knew that. They drafted him, you know, third round, so pretty high. Um, and I think he just is something it's just good I think for the Colts linebackers because last year heck you saw it when Anthony Walker went down a couple games when Darius Leonard was down like the Colts linebackers they didn't have anybody I mean really they had some seventh round picks uh, and who else did they really have they didn't they didn't have depth last year at the linebacker position so adding a guy like Okariki say Anthony Walker misses a game or Darius Leonard misses a game um, he can step into that role and the drop-off isn't as huge as it was maybe in 2018 and so um, yeah, I think that Bobby Okariki is certainly a very good player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his role is, whether it's just you know spot duty behind Anthony Walker and Darius Leonard or whether he actually has a starting spot for the Colts in 2019. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see what Okariki brings to this Colts defense and kind of how, you know, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks where the Colts line him up on their, on their defense. And another guy that we're going to be talking about here is EJ Speed obviously was drafted in the fifth round by the Colts this year. Uh, A couple knocks on him was that, you know, he obviously came from a small school. Now that's not uncommon. We do see that a lot in a lot of other players, but not very often do those guys immediately come out of college and then make an immediate impact. Not to say that EJ Speed can't do that at some point, but obviously he's got some competition ahead of him. Uh, A couple other knocks is, you know, he's, not your prototypical uh, linebacker as well. He's a little bit more undersized, kind of like Okariki and Darius Leonard. But the one great thing about EJ Speed is the athleticism of this man is absolutely insane. He kind of lives up to his last name. He is quick. He is fast. He is agile. He's got long arms. And he's just a more athletic Darius Leonard. He was actually... uh, Compared to that at the Combine, uh, obviously he struggles in zone coverage a lot. Uh, He's more of a rusher due to his speed and being able to cover all ends of the field, uh, getting from one end to the other, and being able to disrupt plays in the backfield. That's ultimately what he uh, brings to the table. My big thing is is I would love to see him play on the special teams a little bit, get some uh, more experience there as well. Like you said, Chester Rogers obviously has his abilities where he can play the offense, but he's also the special ret- uh, return guy. Uh, I think EJ Speed can definitely be a uh, middle of the middle of the pack kind of guy who can block, guy who's fast, guy can uh, help create blocks and create other small opportunities for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I-, I am interested to see where he goes. Uh, I don't know how much playing time he'll get this year, uh, pending injury. Uh, EJ Speed could definitely be a guy that we could see sometime. Uh, even the Colts have said that, you know, he's 
not quite the finished product yet. They they have a lot of things that they want to do to work with him before he's ready to play. But if he can learn, if he can learn under Eberflus and can learn to play in the pass coverage, I could just not imagine how just imagine how quick and how good this linebacker core could be if they have a Darius Leonard and an EJ Speed on the outsides and then having an Anthony Walker and a Bobby Okariki in the middle. That just that just makes me so happy to think if all these guys eventually come to terms with what they can be, my goodness, this linebacker core for the Colts is going to be one of the best in the in the NFL. Yeah, and another thing you talked about with speed, how he's very athletic, very fast. He's also very tall. He's six four, and so he's a very big person, the long arms. Um, and you know, ultimately, you, you talked about it. If he can live up to expectations, man, um, there's no telling. The sky's a limit for this guy because he's got all the physical tools. Um, he's actually interesting enough. A uh, little info, a little background info about Speed. So he re- he arrived in Tarleton State uh, in 2013. Um, he's actually was a converted wide receiver, and then he redshirted. Um, and so this guy was a wide receiver at one point. So he's got the speed for it, and uh, and so it'll be interesting, yeah, to see how EJ Speed. I think you know maybe this is a bad comparison and may leave a bad taste in some Colts fans' mouth. Mal's um, is, I think, a guy that he really kind of reminds me of when the, the Colts drafted and kind of Chris Ballard's philosophy is a guy like Zach Banner. And I know Zach Banner didn't work out, so Colts fans hear me out here. But the Colts drafted, I think, Zach Banner in 2017 in the fourth round because he had such amazing physical tools. Like, yeah. say what you want about about him. Like, he wasn't tough enough. He, did, he wasn't good enough to make the Colts roster. But that guy was massive. Zach Banner was a massive player. Um, and I think the same way uh, EJ Speed is has all the physical tools to be a very good player in this league. And in the fifth round, you can kind of take a chance on a guy like that, a small school guy with all the physical tools. And ultimately, you know, you've talked about it, the Colts have talked about it. They don't think he's ready to see the field um, probably anytime soon because he's, you know, coming. He's still trying to make that that giant leap from Tarleton State to the NFL. It's a large leap to make. And so um, it'll be interesting, though, because EJ Speed does have all the tools. And ultimately, it it is up to him. Um, But I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, say two, three, four years, if a guy like EJ Speed, um, you know, is coached up well and really figures out what he can do in the NFL, um, how good this Colts linebacking core could be um, even if EJ Speed's not starting, but he's just in the rotation of the Colts linebackers, and he's a good player for the Colts. Um, it'll be intriguing, Derek, to see EJ Speed and kind of how he develops and what his role really is. Because I think he, I think I agree with you. I think he probably will have to play special teams to make this roster. Um, kind of, you know, work his way up the roster a little bit, if you will, um, until he can, you know, is a fully more polished linebacker in the NFL and kind of figures out what that looks like in this Colts defense. And so. Um, yeah, EJ Speed's a very interesting player for me as well. That's a, definitely a player I want to keep an eye on over the next couple of years. And lastly, we kind of talk a little bit about some of the other players that the Colts have drafted. Uh, Matthew Adams, who was drafted in the seventh round of 2018. Zaire Franklin as well, who was drafted in, in the 2018 draft as well late. And Sky Moore, who is an uh, undrafted free agent, who we brought along board as well. Uh, these are some guys who again, are not very polished uh, linebackers, but are guys that, you know, have the athletic traits that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich 
uh, are looking for to try and fit into that system. Uh, is there anybody here on, of those three, Cody, that you think could possibly sneak their way into the roster? Well, this one's hard for me because I think all three of these guys have some potential to make this roster. Um, but I got to go with what I've seen based on the sample size that I've seen it. Um, I probably have to go with Matthew Adams just because, you know, he played that Sam linebacker position for the Colts. Um, he didn't start at the beginning of the year as a Sam linebacker, but um, eventually he did kind of earn that starting spot at the Sam linebacker position. And I thought he played pretty well for the Colts. And I think he's a good run run stopper, and that's kind of what the Colts need in their defense. And so I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably go Matthew Adams simply because I think he played pretty well um, when asked to do certain things. And I think that he could make the roster simply, you know, on those rundowns to kind of help the Colts uh, in their tremendous run defense last year and hopefully bringing that over into 2019. So probably Matthew Adams. Um, It's kind of a coin flip for me, um, but I'd probably go with Adams based off of what I've seen. All right. And the last position group that we wanted to look at was the Colts corners. You knew this was coming. I've said this multiple times on this podcast. This is the most intriguing position for me to watch because there's so much talent on this Colts cornerback group. And so I thought that we should probably start with the four guys that we know will probably be locks to make this roster. I'm going to be intriguing to see because there's a lot of guys vying for that number five position and potentially, who knows, maybe that number six position. Um, so we'll start with the two guys, the two starters from last year, um, two guys who are new contracts extensions, actually. Um, and we'll start with the guy who was a number one corner last year, Pierre Desir. Yeah, Pierre Desir. Uh, what more can you talk about with this guy? Just being able to, uh, you know, block down players like DeAndre Hopkins you know, people kind of brush over that, you know, and we saw that in the recent Madden ratings, too. He's a 99, and apparently Pierre Desir is a pretty decent cornerback if he can shut down a 99 overall wide receiver. So apparently that's a pretty good feat for him. But, yeah, we've we've talked about him recently about how, you know, he fits the Chris Ballard, Frank Reich kind of system, taller, you know, athletic guy that can uh, tumble at the at the line of scrimmage and can go up and get the uh, football whenever he chooses to. Uh, Pierre is definitely fast. He's got great agility. I mean, this is a guy that definitely is one of the best at what he does. Obviously, doesn't get as much credit as uh, Kenny Moore when it comes to, you know, Kenny Moore being the slot corner and most likely being the top slot corner, if not the second. But Pierre Desir definitely is a very silent a good quarter cornerback that a lot of the national media doesn't quite realize until they actually look at the numbers and, you know, see that this guy just locks down most of the receivers that he comes up with and to do it against DeAndre Hopkins twice a year, you know, that's, that's impressive in and enough of itself. Many view DeAndre Hopkins as the best wide receiver in the game at the moment. Um, yeah. I expect another good year from Pierre Desir. Uh, now that he's gotten paid, he knows that his position on this Colts roster is uh, is second to none at this point. Uh, he knows what he's got to do to keep that momentum up, and I, I can't wait to see what this guy can do uh, since, again, he's also so young. Yeah, and another thing that I think is interesting, so typically when you think of cornerbacks, you don't think of guys who can tackle or are very great at tackling. 
Um, but an interesting stat that I wanted to look at really fast. And again, pro football focus, take it what you will. Um, but this was a very interesting stat to me. So this stat was the most tackle opportunities per missed tackle. And it was a minimum of 75 tackle opportunities. Um, and Pierre Desir was the only cornerback on this list. So you guys got, got guys like Damon Harrison, who's one of the best players in the league. Bobby Wagner, probably the best linebacker in the league. Um, Devondre Campbell, I don't even really know who that is. And then you got Pierre Desir. Um, he's even ahead of guys like Avery Williamson, who's a pretty good linebacker. Um, so he's a guy who can also tackle. And I think that's a big thing for the Colts is they want their corners to be guys who are willing tacklers and coming up. And so you can talk all day about how good he is in coverage, but also he's a fearless tackler and he's a great leader for the Colts. And, you know, the Colts ultimately decided with him and Kenny Moore, who we'll talk about in a second, that, you know, when guys ball out and when guys play well, they're going to get paid. And and so I think Pierre Desir now knows that his value to the Colts. And um, Pierre Desir is just – he's one of the nicest guys, I think, that I've seen in a while – and I think that he, you know, he's young, relatively young, 27, 28 years old. Um, and so he's got a good, uh, I think he, he can potentially play out his contract and maybe even earn another small contract with the Colts, um, depending on how his play is. But, you know, based off of how he played in 2018, I think the Colts are set at the number one corner for a while there. Um, and so the next guy we want to look at is the other guy we talked just mentioned, Kenny Moore, who is a guy that was interesting enough. Him and Pierre Desir were actually claimed on the same day. Both guys, um, Kenny Moore was an undrafted free agent, and Pierre Desir was, I think, a fourth-round pick with the Seahawks a few years ago. Um, and so, But Kenny Moore was a guy that was undrafted free agent back in the Colts 2017 season. Um, and, you know, he didn't see a whole lot of the field in 2017, I remember. Um, but it's kind of a fun fact. Um, so I remember there's a lot of injuries to the Colts corners that year. And Kenny Moore got the chance to start, I believe, in the Thursday night game, an awful game, just god-awful game against the Broncos. Um, I was able, actually able to go to that game. Um, and we got like really good seats because who wants to be there watching a terrible Colts team and a terrible Broncos team? Um, but but we were I was able to go there and Kenny Moore actually got his first career interception there, um, and so fun. That's kind of a fun thing I always will remember. Um, but now you know looking at it, he had an incredible 2018 season. Um, he really just ascended to new heights, and I think he just exceeded all expectations that anybody had on him. Um, and he's a very effective blitzer as well. I mean, we saw it at the end of the year. He was coming on those corner blitzes, and he could not be stopped. He would not be denied his sacks. And so Kenny Moore is a player who, yeah, he's a good slot corner. Probably one of the, He's probably one of the best in the league, honestly, whenever one or number two, like you mentioned, Derek. Um, but also he can play the outside corner. He's a guy that can, you know, while he's, I think, 5'9", 5'10", so he's not – a tall corner he's a pretty small corner Uh, the thing that's interesting about him is he's got very long arms Um, so he's got long arms like a taller cornerback would have but you know even though he's smaller he plays a lot bigger than he is and so Kenny Moore well well earned extension as well Um, and uh, I'm definitely excited to see how Kenny Moore continues to ascend in this Colts defense with all the different ways that they're going to use him and uh, yeah I guess Derek what are your thoughts on Kenny well, first thing, I feel like if I had a nickel for every time you and I have said either undersized, speed, or long arms, could probably get some good revenue going in this in this podcast right here. But anyway, back to Kenny Moore. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's definitely uh, the guy that's going to be the most intriguing. Obviously got paid this offseason, uh, highest paid slot corner in the NFL. Uh, and I think one thing you mentioned that Pierre Desir does really well, tackling. 
I think Kenny Moore is that guy that definitely is great in the disguised coverages uh, when they bring him off the outside on blitzes. He certainly doesn't miss when he gets the chance to tackle somebody. Uh, that's one great thing about him. And that's certainly uh, a skill that we're going to be talking about with another guy that we're going to be bringing up here soon. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Moore is just a guy that, you know, many didn't have any faith in him until he actually got on the field and he started performing as undersized as he is. I mean, the kid just sticks around and he knows exactly where he needs to be when he plays. So I can't complain at all about Kenny Moore. I mean, I've said it before uh, many months back, and I'll say it again, that this Colts secondary and the corners especially are becoming, you know, some of the most under-talked about uh, corners in the league for as good as they are. They just don't produce the headlines and they don't produce as many stats as some other corners do. But collectively as a unit, these two just do so well and they complement each other so well because they're so they're so comparable with each other other than their size. So again, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what Kenny Moore does. I look for him to have another productive season. I hope he can get some more interceptions uh, this year, even though he had a, a bunch at the end of the year. I'd like to see that interception number actually go up because I truly think that uh, with the uh, pressure, with the pressure being put on the quarterback this year, because there's going to be a lot more of it, I think that, that it might force the quarterbacks to make some more bad throws out there in the secondary, and I look for Kenny Moore to possibly be that guy to intercept some more passes. Okay, the next guy that we're going to talk about on our list was a guy who started at the slot corner last year for the Colts, uh, former second-round pick. The Colts drafted him in 2017 alongside with Malik Hooker, uh, and he's kind of had an up-and-down first couple years. Um, I think at, by the end of the year, uh, he really was playing at a very high level for the Colts, um, and the guy that Chris Ballard has really raved on is Quincy Wilson. Yeah, Quincy is definitely a guy that's a very interesting pick, and it will continue to be another hot topic on whether or not he, uh, what kind of time he gets with, you know, obviously we have our two guys where we want them, and then Rocky Sin coming in, we're going to talk about him in a minute. But, um, yeah, and I think one thing you kind of knocked with, uh, with Rodgers and a couple other guys from the wide receiver group you knocked on the consistency, and I think that's just kind of been the thing that uh, that he's pretty much just been missing for the majority of his career, and I think that's kind of messed with his confidence. You know, I think everybody kind of expected Quincy to come in right away and be that guy and then, you know, uh, lead this team to where it is, and then Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir take over those spots, and Quincy kind of feels, you know, I don't know if he necessarily felt left out or if he felt that he wasn't living up to his own expectations, but certainly I think now with as much competition as there is now between these cornerbacks, I think Quincy is finally going to get, you know, that reality check and know that if he wants to, if he wants to play, he's going to have to compete real hard for his spot because here comes Rocky Sin and a couple of other guys. So I do think, Quincy is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think he's got good size. He's really he's really good in coverage. I think he's exceptionally fast. Even though his 40 time is not great, I think that his uh, ability to keep with the receivers is great. I, I do expect this to be a season where you see a little bit more of Quincy Wilson than we have in years past. 
One thing that I just noted was, it's kind of crazy to me, but Quincy Wilson is actually younger than Rocky Yassin. So that means when Quincy Wilson was drafted, he was 20 years old. Very young. Drafted very young. And Chris Ballard even admitted it. I remember him saying, like, it's not Quincy's fault that we drafted him so young. You know, he's had immature issues, immaturity issues. He's had consistency issues. Um, obviously, for whatever reason, Chuck Pagano and their, his staff, like, did not like Quincy Wilson for whatever reason it seemed like. He barely saw the field in 2017, which as a 20-year-old you know, kid, like that's got to shake your confidence a little bit. I mean, if you're like, well, why did I get drafted so early if I'm not even going to freaking play the whole year? Um, and so I can definitely see that. And, you know, just this year, the way this year went at the beginning for Quincy Wilson, you know, you kind of look at even starting at the beginning of the year, he got, you know, he got a little bit torched in that Bengal game at the in, in week one, um, and you know for a guy that you know has the potential to be the Colts' number one corner, or and you know, I remember in the off season um, somebody wrote I remember somebody wrote a column like saying the Colts are searching for that number one corner, and Quincy Wilson got on Twitter and actually said, well they found it, basically talking about himself, um, and then you know to come in and just kind of have a rough start to 2018 that probably shook his confidence a little bit. Um, but fortunately, the Colts brought in Mike Mitchell, who really was the savior for Quincy Wilson um, as, as, in, as in terms of his um, just playing and consistency and how to be a pro. And and so I think that now a lot of those immaturity issues hopefully have subsided for Quincy Wilson. He definitely seems like he's in a, the best place he's been as far as maturity goes and just as a player in the NFL um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, Derek. I would agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how now Quincy Wilson entering year three, how he, how he, what he does off of this strong end to his 2018 season. Okay, so um, with that, the guy that we just mentioned, um, the guy the Colts drafted this year um, with their first pick in the second round uh, is Rocky Asin. And Rocky Asin is a player who, you know, out of Temple, I think he actually came in as a freshman. Um, and one of the things that they do at Temple is, like, the players that get the low numbers, I think, are the toughest players on the team. That's kind of how how a Temple does it. That's how they kind of assign numbers. And as a freshman, I think he was one of the only freshmen that ever did it at Temple. Um, as a freshman, he came in and he had a single-digit number. And so that just kind of talks about Rocky Essien's toughness. He's a former wrestler. So um, I don't think tackling will be an issue for him. Um, he's obviously a very tough player as well. Um, seems to be a very disciplined player. Um, seems to just be all business for the Colts, which is great. Um, and, you know, I think one training camp battle that would be interesting to watch, Derek, is that number three position with Quincy Wilson and, and Rocky Yassin. Like, who is going to take that number three position? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. And I guess, what do you think? This is my question for you, Derek. What do you think each player has to do to earn that number three position and basically be a starter for the Colts in 2019? Well, uh, what we do know about Quincy is uh, his just his inconsistencies has just been that uh, what I mentioned earlier. Sometimes he just looks as if he's out of place. Sometimes in the coverages, I know sometimes he loses himself in zone coverage. I think that would be the ultimate thing that he would need to uh, he would need to improve upon in order to keep that uh, where he needs to be. And Rocky Sin, in order to get a spot for him, he really needs to accept what God has given him and what his attributes are, and that is being able to tackle, being uh, aggressive at the line of scrimmage with his guys, 
because obviously Quincy Wilson is a lot more athletic than Rocky Sin. I think Quincy is the guy that can definitely cover down the field a lot better than Rocky Sin. Uh, so it's going to be an issue for Rock if he's going to end up uh, trying to compete for that job because he knows he's not going to be as athletic. But what he has to make up in athleticness is his toughness. And that certainly isn't an issue because you mentioned it. He's a, uh, he was a former high school All-State wrestler. A guy knows how to uh, grapple people. He knows how to be aggressive. And that's just his nature. And I think one thing that we also don't mention a lot is Rocky Sin needs to also show the coaches his effort, not just on the field, but off the field. Because we have heard several times about how he – is always there every day. He's almost always the first one of the cornerback group. He's almost always there first. He's always wanting to stay longer, do more, be there early, learn more. And that is exactly what gets you to where you want to be if you're wanting to impress the coaches. If you show not just the effort on the field, but if you show the effort off the field, and he can do that more than Quincy, then that definitely will give him the better option. So Quincy... In order to get the spot, he's definitely going to need to uh, capitalize on better zone coverage reads and show more effort off the field. And Rocky Sin, he has all the tools he needs. He just has to continue to do them even more, and then that will get him a lot more playing time this year for the Colts. And ultimately, that's where I think both of those guys lie at. Yeah, so those are our four guys that we think are Probably going to be locks for this Colts cornerback roster in 2019. And so um, one guy that I thought I could just throw in here really fast since he's a draft pick um, is Marvell Tell, a guy that was drafted by the Colts this year. He's a former safety. Um, and the Colts wanted to convert him to corner and see how that works. So uh, what, do you th- what do you see from Tell, Derek, uh, that could potentially m- make him have a spot on this Colts cornerback roster? Well, I kind of see, again, the prototype of the corner that they like. He's taller. He's got good speed. Uh, He's got good awareness of where the ball is at all times. He's kind of like that Malik Hooker. He's an opportunist. He's a guy that will take chances on balls when they're up in the air. And certainly with his size, he certainly has the ability to do so. Uh, One thing that, again, is my knock on Quincy Wilson as well. He just sometimes will, with that opportunistic approach, you oftentimes lose sight of where you need to be. I mean, that's why they drafted him a little bit later. But certainly his physical attributes are there, that if they decided to convert him over, that certainly they could. Because he's obviously, again, he's tall, he's strong, he's got good speed, and and he's got good awareness of where the ball is. I think that... If if he wanted to make the Colts roster, he's definitely I, – I wouldn't uh, know whether or not he would have to go at safety or corner, uh, but certainly he's going to have uh, some competition with Quincy Wilson for that. It's just a matter of can he find himself in the right position with, uh, with coverages a lot more than what he was in college because certainly if he wants to do the same thing he did in college, he, it's not going to cut it. Because the NFL, they'll tear you to shreds if you're not a lot better in the zone coverage reads. So if he wants to make that roster, he's definitely going to have to hit the books and follow Eberflis's, uh scheme. And if he does so, then that is definitely a guy that, whether you put him at uh, safety or a corner in the near future, 
that's definitely a guy that uh, could be interesting to look out for in the coming years. Yeah, and you mentioned he's got the size. He's prototypical for what the Colts are looking at. And I think that he's probably position flexible a little bit where he can play some safety in a pinch. Um, but it can also play corner as well. And so, um, okay, so the next guy, the next few guys that I want to, I want to kind of clump these guys together um, because I think they're all kind of in similar positions where, you know, they've been in the NFL for a couple years now. And they're guys who have had success. They've been starters at one point. Um, and I think these guys are interesting to me because I ultimately one of the, one of these guys is going to get cut at least. I think one or a few of these guys are going to get cut at least. Um, so I'll talk about these, a few of these players really fast and kind of get your thoughts on them and what they're going to have to do to make this roster. So um, the guys are Jalen Collins, former second-round pick, former Super Bowl starter for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and then we got Nate Harrison, who was a former fifth-round pick of the Colts in 2017, was a starter for them in 2017, kind of had a down year. Um, and then I'll just, I guess I'll just throw Chris Milton in there as well. Um, I don't think he was necessarily a starter, but he's been on the Colts now for I think he was on their he was on their team last year. I don't know if he was on there in 2017, but really good special teams player for them. And so they got three guys here who I think have shots to make the roster. Um, what do you think each each one individually has to do to earn that spot as that number probably potentially number five corner for the Colts? Well, I can certainly tell you with Milton and with Harrison, uh, those two are certainly the ones that I would assume are going to make the roster. Uh, just because of, you know, they've had that experience. Uh, they've come in and provided valuable minutes for the Colts when they are in. I know Harrison is a lot more of the guy that you see in uh, on the defense. You see a lot more Milton in uh, special teams, which, again, I think is another uh, reason they keep him around because he's definitely the guy that can help that position. Harrison, uh, I think, needs to get a little better in run protection. Uh, I think He's He's been good in pass coverage when he's there, but I think that ultimately one thing that the Colts are really trying to get better at is that run defense on the outsides, and that's why you know they obviously got Rocky Sin for that reason. I think Nate Harrison, if he can keep going with that, uh, I think that's definitely what he needs to do. And again, Chris Milton, I, I have the same, I have the same exact kind of uh, thing that with Quincy Wilson. Obviously, he's sometimes out of place. Uh, that's just something that he's just going to have to get better at by studying film. Uh, not much else that you can really say about that. He's obviously a, a very athletic guy, and he obviously is expandable because obviously they put him on special teams. But I think I think Harrison is definitely the guy that's going to take that next spot just because I, I like the fact that they can move him around in several different spots on the defense. And he has the most experience out of all these guys. So I think ultimately that's what I expect for those guys come, uh, to make up the bottom end of the roster spots for the corners. Well, what about a guy like Jalen Collins, who is a former starter, second-round pick, drafted very highly out of LSU, a guy that has been there and done that for the Colts. Why do you think he doesn't make the roster? I think there's a lot of questions about him. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, there's obviously the questions of the health and uh, for some other reasons that I don't know f- for a fact, but I think that uh, I think ultimately Chris Ballard again is one of those guys that you pay your own. You pay the guys that you bring in a lot more of uh, Nate Harrison's been around for a little longer. Uh, Chris Milton's been around for a little longer. I think Jalen Collins is kind of the, the guy that they obviously brought in. They obviously want to see him compete. Uh, there's still just, 
there's still just not enough yet for me to say definitively that I know he can make the roster. I mean, we've been talking about that about him for a while now, and I just still just haven't seen a lot. I hear everybody talk about, you know, he has the chance to, he has the chance to, but where is it? I don't, I don't see it. I'm not seeing it personally. Maybe somebody else has a different opinion of, of that than me, which I'm gladly uh, willing to hear. I just think ultimately if we're going with safe picks right now, from what I've seen, Chris Milton and Nate Hairston are those safe picks that I think ultimately Ballard and Frank Reich are most comfortable picking. 